Section 1 of A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy by Lawrence Stern. Section 1. They order, said I, this matter better in France. You have been in France, said my gentleman, turning quick upon me, with the most civil triumph in the world. Strange, quoth I, debating the matter with myself, that one and twenty miles sailing, for it is absolutely no further from Dover to Calais, should give a man these rights. Hmm, I'll look into them. So, giving up the argument, I went straight to my lodgings, put up half a dozen shirts and a black pair of silk breeches. The coat I have on, said I, looking at the sleeve, will do took a place in the Dover stage, and the packet sailing at nine the next morning, by three I had got sat down to my dinner upon a fricasseed chicken, so incontestably in France, that had I died that night of an indigestion, the whole world could not have suspended the effects of the droit d'aubaine, my shirts and black pair of silk breeches portmanteau and all, must have gone to the King of France. Even the little picture which I have so long worn, and so often have told thee, Eliza, I would carry with me into my grave, would have been torn from my neck. Ungenerous to seize upon the wreck of an unwary passenger, whom your subjects had beckoned to their coast by heaven sire it is not well done and much does it grieve me tis the monarch of a people so civilized and courteous and so renowned for sentiment and fine feelings that i have to reason with but i have scarce set a foot in your dominions calais when i had finished my dinner and drank the king of france's health to satisfy my mind that i bore him no spleen but on the contrary high honour for the humanity of his temper i rose up an inch taller for the accommodation no said i the bourbon is by no means a cruel race they may be misled like other people but there is a mildness in their blood as I acknowledged this, I felt a suffusion of a finer kind upon my cheek, more warm and friendly to man than what burgundy, at least of two livres a bottle which was such as I had been drinking, could have produced. Just God, said I, kicking my portmanteau aside, what is there in this world's goods which should sharpen our spirits, and make so many kind-hearted brethren of us fall out so cruelly as we do by the way? 
when man is at peace with man how much lighter than a feather is the heaviest of metals in his hand he pulls out his purse and holding it airily and uncompressed looks round him as if he sought for an object to share it with in doing this i felt every vessel in my frame dilate the arteries beat all cheerily together and every power which sustained life performed it with so little friction that twould have confounded the most physical precieuse in france with all her materialism she could scarce have called me a machine i'm confident said i to myself i should have overset her creed the accession of that idea carried nature at that time as high as she could go i was at peace with the world before and this finished the treaty with myself now was i king of france cried i what a moment for an orphan to have begged his father's portmanteau of me the monk calais i had scarce uttered the words when a poor monk of the order of st francis came into the room to beg something for his convent no man cares to have his virtues the sport of contingencies or one man may be generous as another is puissant said non quo ad hanc or be that as it may for there is no regular reasoning upon the ebbs and flows of our humours they may depend upon the same causes for aught i know which influence the tides themselves twould oft be no discredit to us to suppose it was so <sighs> i'm sure at least for myself that in many a case i should be more highly satisfied to have it said by the world i had had an affair with the moon in which there was neither sin nor shame than have it pass altogether as my own act and deed wherein there was so much of both but be this as it may the moment i cast my eyes upon him i was predetermined not to give him a single sou and accordingly i put my purse into my pocket buttoned it set myself a little more upon my centre and advanced up gravely to him there was something i fear forbidding in my look i have his figure this moment before my eyes and think there was that in it which deserved better the monk as i judged by the break in his tonsure a few scattered white hairs upon his temples being all that remained of it might be about seventy but from his eyes and that sort of fire which was in them which seemed more tempered by courtesy than years could be no more than sixty truth might lie between he was certainly sixty-five and the general air of his countenance notwithstanding something seemed to have been planting wrinkles in it before their time agreed to the account 
it was one of those heads which guido has often painted mild pale penetrating free from all commonplace ideas of fat contented ignorance looking downwards upon the earth it looked forwards but looked as if it looked at something beyond this world how one of his order came by it heaven above who let it fall upon a monk's shoulders best knows but it would have suited a brahmin and had i met it upon the plains of indostan i had reverenced it the rest of his outline may be given in a few strokes one might put it into the hands of any one to design for twas neither elegant nor otherwise but as character and expression made it so it was a thin spare form something above the common size if it lost not the distinction by a bend forward in the figure but it was the attitude of entreaty and as it now stands presented to my imagination it gained more than it lost by it when he had entered the room three paces he stood still and laying his left hand upon his breast a slender white staff with which he journeyed being in his right when i had got close up to him he introduced himself with a little story of the wants of his convent and the poverty of his order and did it with so simple a grace and such an air of deprecation was there in the whole cast of his look and figure i was bewitched not to have been struck with it a better reason was i had predetermined not to give him a single sou the monk calais tis very true said i replying to a cast upwards with his eyes with which he had concluded his address tis very true and heaven be their resource who have no other but the charity of the world the stock of which i fear is no way sufficient for the many great claims which are hourly made upon it as i pronounced the words great claims he gave a slight glance with his eye downwards upon the sleeve of his tunic i felt the full force of the appeal i acknowledge it said i a coarse habit and that but once in three years with meagre diet are no great matters and the true point of pity is as they can be earned in the world with so little industry that your order should wish to procure them by pressing upon a fund which is the property of the lame the blind the aged and the infirm the captive who lies down counting over and over again the days of his afflictions languishes also for his share of it and had you been of the order of mercy instead of the order of st francis poor as i am continued i pointing at my portmanteau full cheerfully should it have been opened to you 
for the ransom of the unfortunate the monk made me a bow but of all others resumed i the unfortunate of our own country surely have the first rights and i have left thousands in distress upon our own shore the monk gave a cordial wave with his head as much as to say no doubt there is misery enough in every corner of the world as well as within our convent but we distinguish said i laying my hand upon the sleeve of his tunic in return for his appeal we distinguish my good father betwixt those who wish only to eat the bread of their own labour and those who eat the bread of other peoples and have no other plan in life but to get through it in sloth and ignorance for the love of god the poor franciscan made no reply a hectic of a moment passed across his cheek but could not tarry nature seemed to have done with her resentments in him he showed none but letting his staff fall within his arms he pressed both his hands with resignation upon his breast and retired the monk calais my heart smote me the moment he shut the door Pshaw, said i with an air of carelessness three several times but it would not do every ungracious syllable i had uttered crowded back into my imagination i reflected i had no right over the poor franciscan but to deny him and that the punishment of that was enough to the disappointed without the addition of unkind language i considered his grey hairs his courteous figure seemed to re-enter and gently ask me what injury he had done me and why i could use him thus i would have given twenty livres for an advocate i have behaved very ill said i within myself but i have only just set out upon my travels and shall learn better manners as i get along the désobligeant calais when a man is discontented with himself it has one advantage however that it puts him into an excellent frame of mind for making a bargain now there being no travelling through france and italy without a chaise and nature generally prompting us to the thing we are fittest for i walked out into the coach-yard to buy or hire something of that kind to my purpose an old désobligeant in the furthest corner of the court hit my fancy at first sight so i instantly got into it and finding it in tolerable harmony with my feelings i ordered the waiter to call monsieur dessin the master of the hotel but monsieur dessin being gone to vespers 
and not caring to face the franciscan whom i saw on the opposite side of the court in conference with a lady hmm. just arrived at the inn i drew the taffeta curtain betwixt us and being determined to write my journey i took out my pen and ink and wrote the preface to it in the désobligeant end of section one recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey